is how you say it in the land. One for all and all for one. This is not a new term or a new phrase, but it dates back as early as the 1800s. Around 1868, there was a battle that was taking place between the Protestants and the Catholics. Just for those who don't know, just a real world brief history. The Roman Catholic Church was the first church. There came some problems. I don't know if you've ever heard of Martin Luther and his thesis. And he broke away from the Catholic Church and everyone who broke away from the Catholic Church became known as Protestants or protesters of the Catholic Church. And so there came or arose a conflict between the Catholics and the Protestants. And the Catholics launched an attack on the Protestants. So church problems didn't start at Caroline. <laughs> but the Protestants wrote a letter. And in the letter it says, as they also absolutely intended to proceed with the execution against us, we came to a unanimous agreement amongst ourselves that regardless of any loss of life and limb, honor and property, we would stand firm with all for one and one for all. Nor would we be subservient, but rather we would be loyal and we would loyally help protect each other to the utmost against all difficulties. In Switzerland, the country was newly formed, about 20 years old, and there arose a storm and the storm caused widespread floods. And the officials of that country launched a campaign deliberately using one for all and all for one to evoke a sense of duty and solidarity and national unity to the population of this young country. The newspapers began to use this as their motto to get donations from people in all parts of the country. It since has been considered the motto of the country. In 1844, a man by the name of Alexandre Dumas published a book entitled The Three Musketeers, where three friends uh, were loyal to each other through thick and thin, right. and their motto was one for all no. and all for one. All right. That word loyalty <laughs> stuck out to me. <laughs> that in spite of what they went through, they were determined to be loyal to each other. We live in a day and a time where everybody talks about loyalty. 
But I've come to the conclusion that we must all have a different definition of loyalty. Because some folk who call themselves loyalty or loyal don't exhibit loyal behavior. If I tell you something, that's just tweets me and you. Not me, you, your mama, your cousin, your auntie, your uncles. Telling my business ain't yet you have people who don't understand what loyalty means. And because they don't understand what loyalty means, then everybody just running around trying to figure out what does it mean to be loyal. We live in a day and time where blood don't even make you loyal. And I ain't got to say nothing. I know I live in a day and time where I see family portray or portray one another. See church members turn their backs on one another. Yeah. Uh, leaders on. attacking one another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So much so that it causes so much confusion within the body that people don't know what to believe, who to follow, what doctrine to trust, because there seems to be no... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, we live in a day and time where I can remember when I was growing up, you better not say nothing about nobody, I say nothing about nobody pastor because if you say something about the pastor to the wrong person, you might find yourself in a fight because they were loyal despite and in spite of what they were or what they did. There was still a sense of loyalty. Yeah. Can I talk about loyalty for just a minute now? It's alright for my family to be whatever my family is and we can talk about that amongst one another. But if you ain't a member of the Sitting down there in jail, my mama's going through 
and it seemed like everybody wanted to talk about it. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sitting in the barbershop one day, and a dude come in, and he said, hey, man, how you doing? I stand up, I spike him. I said, man, I'm good. How you been? He said, man, what's going on with King? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> what you know? I don't care what he do. That's my love. Y'all don't know what I'm talking about. We don't really understand loyalty. You, I'm going to show you that you know something about loyalty. Everybody in here that at least had a fight or almost had a fight because somebody said something about your mom. I don't care how much she whooped me. I don't care what she do to me. I don't care. And we walk in that country. Why did you fight him? He said something about my mom. Somebody shout loyalty. So the truth is we just have to define the word. Webster's defines loyalty first of all as being faithful to one's government. It's going to be good. Secondly, it's being faithful to one's oath, commitments, and obligations. Thirdly, it's defined as being faithful to any leader, cause, or person. The reoccurring word here is faithful. And if you need some synonyms, it means to be attached, behind one, believing, coming through, constant, consistent, devoted, on somebody's side, firm, true, trustworthy, unfailing, unswerving, unwavering, certain, work-like, stable, sure, tried, and true. Indelible and inextricable. That's what it is to be. Just in case all of that went over your head, let me give you Dr. Bakari Beckwith's definition. It just simply means being who you say or portray. A lot of folks say they got your back until it comes time to. Not only are you supposed to be who you say and portray, but you're supposed to do what you say you are going to do. Yeah. Have some people that'll say some dreams. When it comes time to perform, that word ain't no good. Yeah. Yeah. Just say amen if you know somebody. Yeah. I can see it going through my mind. You just think about three, four people in your mind. See, like, ain't nobody worse than being loyal than plums. Hard to find a good plumber. I almost said mechanic, but see, my uncle was mechanic. <laughs> so I ain't want to do it. We are other mechanics, now not y'all. Other ones that I know though. Hard to find a good air conditioner, man. I had no trouble. He done it in the middle of the summer, man. I'm gonna fix it. Dude had my truck last summer. Told me it's gonna take a week. Six weeks later, he got an attitude with me. So you know what I did? When it came time to pay it, I took my time. <laughs> you had my truck for six weeks. Now you want to rush me to pay. Man, give me a couple days. Somebody shout loyalty. Loyalty. So the word faithful then is the word that we continue to see. Somebody say faithful. faithful. I need you to understand that God is Faithful. Yes, he is. You may not have experienced.
need you to understand before you leave here today that God will do what he says he will do. 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 13 says that even if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. For he cannot deny who he is. So faithful is not just what he says, but it's actually who he is. 1 John chapter 1 verse 9 says, but if we confess our sins to him, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verse 13 says, there has no temptation taken you, but such as coming unto men. God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with every temptation also make a way of escape that you're able to bear it. Some translations say that you're able to stand up under it. Somebody shout, he's faithful. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, let us hold fast to our profession of faith. For God is sermon where you can participate. So I'm setting you up. When I say that, I'm saying it in such a manner that you can fill in the blank. Alright, let's try it one more time. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, let us hold fast to our profession of faith without waiting for he is to every promise he's faithful. Now I need you to understand that God is loyal. Yeah. Yeah. It's easy uh, to be loyal when things are good. Yeah. When ain't nothing going on, everybody got your back. Yeah. Yeah. Had a dude yesterday call me asking for a little change. <laughs> ain't like you have folk. <laughs> call asking you. Oh, yeah, my next one, what is change? <laughs> I got some change. That's what you want. So, I said, man, come, come see me. I hooked you up. He got there and I gave him a couple of dollars. And he said, man, you know, tears and I said, man, I help everybody. He said, but when I need the help, He said, I called my daddy, I called my cousin, I called people that I know I've given money to before. And he said, nobody seemed to be able to help me. He said, but when I called you, you asked one question, what is change? You need people who are going to be there. Not to judge you when you're at your lowest. I don't need you to help me walk. Get out 
of the faith. Hey, I need to ask you a question today. Is Will you remain faithful? I talked to a lady the other day, Brother Demetrius, who was dealing with a loss. Not lost. You'll see some people on Facebook. L-O-S-T. Not L-O-S-T. Just a quick educational moment there for everybody. But it's not lost. I'm sorry for your loss. Don't suffer your loss. And so uh, I said to her, I said, I understand what you're going through. I, I, I'm sympathetic, compassionate to what you're feeling. And she looked at me and she said, I just don't think you understand. She said, I'm angry with God. I was with her until she made that statement. I understand what you're going through. I understand that you're dealing with a tough time. I hate what happened to you and your family. But I got something to say about you being mad at God. I said, were you mad at him when he gave you that promotion? Were you mad at him when he opened the doors for you? Are you mad at him when he made your enemies your footstool? Yeah. Why do something happen and now you mad at him? I just don't understand why he would do what he did. She said, you ain't going to understand. I said, let me tell you something. God has kept me through thick and thin. And it seems like when I'm at my worst, and he's at his base. When I felt like I was undeserving is when he opened the greatest doors. I said, and you want to talk about not having understanding. I said, I've lost people. Every time somebody dies in my church, I lose them too. I said, and let me up you one. Have you lost some people who ain't even dead yet? Yeah. 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 
them in Azariah. My God. You know them as Shadrach, Meshach, the bad Negro. <laughs> they were faced with some adversity. Yeah. We love to serve him in the comfort and confines of our sanctuaries. Yeah. But these boys had a task because the king had made a decree that if anybody don't bow to me when the bell rings, I'm going to throw them in the fiery furnace. And the bell rung and they didn't bow. They were brought before the king. And the king said, why didn't you bow? And they said, king, let us make this understood to you. You don't fear your fiery furnace. Nor do we fear what you could do to us. Because the God that we serve, watch this next for he's well able. Somebody shout well able. Now see, y'all still stuck on able, but I'm talking about well. That means he's able to do it seeming abundantly. Above all I can ask or think, according to the power that worketh, he's well. I hope you come to the revelation of the truth that God, your problems ain't nothing to God. They big to you, but they're nothing to him. If you will learn to be faithful and loyal to him, He'll take care of all of your problems. And so the Hebrew boys stood. See, sometimes you're going to have to stand in the face of the storm. There's some of us that don't want to go through nothing. How do I know how strong you are unless you go through something? Can I give you, give it to me in a theological uh, statement? Everything that God uses, he has to test. He had to test his own son sure that he can stand up through the pressure. Yeah. If your faith hadn't been tested, it ain't real. Yeah. 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 Somebody had to test them chairs you said me. Make sure it can hold up. God forbid somebody would have failed. I love you. Well, if you would have failed. But you want to make sure that what you're trusting in can hold up to any circumstance. And so the Hebrew boys were thrown in the fire after it had been turned up seven times higher than it normally is. And the Bible says that when the king, king, king came and looked in, he saw not only them three, but he saw another man in the midst of the fire with them. That God came down off the throne and said, I'm not going to leave you to walk in it by yourself. But he came down and got you remember Daniel in the lion's den? Yeah. Hey, it was Daniel uh, who could have given up everything. Yeah. But Daniel said, you can throw me in there, that's all right. God's going to protect me. Yeah. That's what you call loyal. Yeah. Yeah. That when you go through something, I don't care what it looks like. I'm not going to leave God. Yeah. It was Job who lost everything he had. God came and allowed the enemy to put everything or touch everything that Job had. But it was also Job that said, the Lord give it and the Lord take it away. Blessed be the name God ain't going to talk back to me. It was the same Job that said, oh, he slayed me. Yeah. 
David in the 23rd Psalm, around the fourth stanza, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Listen to this part. I will fear. Oh, y'all been reading the What the next part say? But my heart with me. It don't matter what I got to walk through. I walk through it and I won't fear because I know you with me. Ain't that something that when you're going through your toughest time that David says even though I got to walk through it, I wish that you would have took me around it. I wish you would have took me over it. I wish you could have took me under it. But I'll go through it because I know that you're going to be Somebody shout, loyal. Yeah, I know people who say they trust God. But they want him to come when they want him. Wish I could call on Abraham. God made a promise to him. The Bible says that Abraham was an old man. <laughs> Starts trying to figure out what made or what is taking God so long. Ask anybody in the house. Yeah. God ever told you he was going to do something, but it seemed to be taking him a little too long. Yeah. I feel you messing right back there, but I'm going to. What you think? You messing? Yeah. It's his fault. Yeah. You know, you got folks, I'm believing God. Thank you. 
and find a place to land this plane. I ain't gonna get to finish out this. I'll be back here next Sunday, 8 o'clock. We'll be at the park tomorrow at 7. So if you want to hear some more stuff, just come see me. Watch this. He told David that he'd be king. It took him 25 years for Abraham. 25 years. Took David almost 40 years to become king. Told him that when he was a teenager. And it took some going through some stuff before it was manifest. We just want God to make a promise and then tomorrow fulfill it. But what happens in the meantime is that we unfaithful. If God takes too long, we'll pray for the Lord to meet a need. And we'll say we're trusting him. Uh-huh. But when the deadline comes and we no longer trust him, I got to make some provisions for myself because the Lord ain't come through. Uh-huh. Let me tell you what your problem is. You can't treat the Lord like he's an ATM. Uh-huh. The only time you ask for stuff, you ain't talked to him in months. Uh-huh. Now you got a bill due, Lord, I need you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. See, that's some folk definition of loyalty. Yeah, yeah. That side chicks and all that stuff done come popular nowadays. All that stuff seems to be acceptable, but the Lord says, I am a jealous God. I want to be your number. Wow. Uh, he made a promise in Genesis. When Adam sinned, he said, I got a plan. I'm going to send a seed, and my seed is going to crush your head. Now, you're going to bruise his head, but he's going to crush your head. Generation after generation passed by. The likes of Noah came. People seem to think that God had forgotten about his promise. It took 42 generations. But all of a sudden, an angel shows up to a virgin. And says, you're blessed and highly favored. God's been watching you. Y'all just missed it. I don't know what mental state Mary was in. Don't know what she was going through. But at the moment that she was least expecting it, God said, I'm getting ready to do something for you. Because you've been Impossible. Yeah.
says in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, if a brother be overtaken in a fault, those of you who are spiritual, restore such a one. But be careful. Do it in the spirit of meekness so that the same spirit won't jump on you. But it's the job of the church, the body of Christ, the ecclesia, the called out, to restore those who are overtaken in a fault.